On this episode, the JMT, Hiking Amnesia, Cairns, and Grief. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Well, welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Today, I'm really excited because we have somebody that I've followed online through, um, gosh, Instagram and Facebook, social media for a long time, um, Beth Jeffrey. And she's uh, an amazing person who's done some really cool things in the outdoor space. And it comes from a place of the heart. And I, I thought maybe, and I, and one of the things that really interests me about you, Beth, is that you, you, um, you really kind of devoted your life to the outdoors. And so maybe introduce yourself a little bit and talk about change, that transformation. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm, I'm so, uh, thankful to be here and, uh, I'm, you know, kind of starstruck, uh, being on the podcast with you guys just because you guys are kind of my idols. <laughs> um, but uh, I grew up camping and, um, you know, grew up, I took two six-week trips across the U.S. with my with my folks, um, exploring, exploring all the places, you know, in a, a camper, in a motorhome. And um, my husband, he wanted to uh, climb Mount Whitney and I was, he asked me if I wanted to join him. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to like poop on the side of the mountain. I'm like, I can't, I can't go do Whitney. Um, but I started having FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go do Whitney. And so in 2014, um, my husband, you know, started researching how can we train to go do Whitney in a day. And we came across the six pack of peaks. And so we went and did, um, the six pack of peaks and every hike just hurt me. Um, I wasn't a hiker back in 2014 and, um, my first hike was doing San Jacinto from the tram and, and that was your first, wait a minute. That was your first hike. (laughs) That was my first hike. Oh, trial by fire. That's that's brittle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I just remember like every hike that we did just hurt, like trying to do Baldy and San Gongorneo in a day. And um, you know, I just remember just I would fall asleep on the way home. And uh so we went and did, you know, did all six peaks. And then we went and had a successful uh, summit of Mount Whitney, uh, September, I think it was September 9th, 2014. And it took me 19 hours. I'm, I'm slow, um, but I did it and it was amazing. And um, that changed me, changed me forever. Talk a little bit about what the change was. Like, so you, you know, you did this 19, grueling 19 hour day, you know, summiting Whitney in a day. And what was, what changed in your mind? Um, I think it was, it was just hard. It was hard. It was hard on the trail. And, and, you know, I I was a manager at a local credit union at the time. And I used to get migraines and 
um, you know, is always stressed and um, had a hard time, you know, dealing with the stress of my job and, you know, being a mom and, um, you know, just trying to, trying to get through life. And just when you went out on the trail, it was, I mean, it was hard and you just kind of left everything out there on the trail. Um, and, um, I don't know, it was just so peaceful out there and so beautiful out there. And, um, you know, just listening to the, the wind and the trees and the, the water, you know, in the, in the stream and, um, you know, paying attention and watching the clouds and, um, just really taking it all in, um, but just, you know, exhausting your body and, um, you know, it helped me sleep better at night. I stopped stressing. I stopped having migraines and, um, it really helped me, um, you know, feel, feel better, um, with my day-to-day life. And so we continued to hike and, and I remembered seeing, you know, these people with these backpacks on their big old packs on their back. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're, they're carrying everything on their back. And, and I was like, I kind of want to do that. And so we watched a documentary, a uh, mile, mile and a half. And, um, heard of it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's crazy is I have the movie on my phone and every time I get stuck in a storm, that's the movie I watch. <laughs> it's the only movie I have on my phone. So, um, I love it. That's it's awesome. just this, it's just this happy movie and, um, it's about the John Muir trail. Um, and so I was like, I got to go do this. And so we bought gear. Um, I think it was within a month we had backpacking gear. And we went up to uh, San Jacinto in the winter. And I, I like laugh at all the mistakes I made back <laughs> back when I first started backpacking and hiking and, um, you know, bringing way too much gear. And, you know, I mean, there could have been snow up there. And, you know, I, I just laugh at, at all the all the mistakes I made and we went up and backpacked for our first time, um, up in Idlewild and I don't know, I just, I just fell in love with being out there and watching a sunset, you know, sitting up on a rock, having some tea or having your dinner and just watching the sunset. And again, being, being surrounded by nature and, and really enjoying my time outside so we decided we wanted to do the John Muir Trail. And we, again, trained the following year doing the Six Pack of Peaks, but we did a few of them as overnights with our backpacks um, to train for the John Muir Trail. So in 2016, well, in 2015, we did like a short week-long section um, just to kind of get our feet wet. But then in 2016, we did from Mammoth all the way to Whitney, which was 180 miles. And um, from there, um, I just became, I think, more and more obsessed with doing things on the trail. I um, 
took snow basics class and I started doing PCT sections and then we did uh, Mount Shasta and we did the High Sierra Trail in 2017 in a high snow year and um, did the Catalina Trail in 2018 and and just life was good you know I was as a mom you know my my son was graduating high school and going to college and you know, I was, I was working, I had a great job and, you know, I had good health and, um, you know, I, was, I found this new thing that I love to do and, and, and life was just really good. And then in May of 2018, um, my 21-year-old son, Shamar, he was in an accident and he lost his life. And um, luckily for me, um, when you plan trips to the Sierra and um, do all this stuff, you have to plan them six months out. And so we had planned on doing uh, another PCT section from Tahoe down to Yosemite. And so I decided I'm going to go ahead and continue to do this hike, even though I had just lost my son. And so we hiked and I, I was out there and I got to, you know, think about my son. I got to cry out there. Um, I got to feel the, the suffering of, you know, the trail for me is a, it parallels life. Um, you know, there's ups and downs. You got to deal with the thunderstorms. You got to deal with blisters. Um, you know, you got to deal with those rainy days where it just rains every day and you get wet and you get cold. And it's like this suffering that happens. But then it's so beautiful. Like you're you're at camp and you're at this alpine lake and the sun, you know, is setting and the, the sky changes all these different colors, you know, and you you pay attention to those little things like the birds chirping or, um, you know, again, the wind blowing and, um, you know, a deer in the meadow or, you know, you might have a, a bear visit you at camp. And it's just as all those little things where you're just in the moment, you're really just taking it all in and, and like you're accepted out there on the trail, like no matter who you are or what you are, um, like everyone's the same out there. We're all kind of in that same boat of suffering and enjoyment. <laughs> and, um, you know, we all have one goal and that's just to carry everything on your back and, and enjoy the trail and enjoy life and, you know, eat Snickers bars <laughs> and, <laughs> and just like, I mean, it's just so simple out there, you know, it's so uncomplicated and, um, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful out on the trail. And, um, you know, after I lost my son, I, I was like, there's something, there's something else out there for me. Like besides just being a bank manager, I'm like, I, there's got to be something else. And so I, I 
wanted to quit my job. I was, I was so sad going to work every day. I was, I was crying on my way to work and, you know, I was dealing with uh, decedent accounts at work and, you know, it, it was just hard. It was just hard to be like in an office all day and just dealing with like impatient people and traffic and, um, I, I was just having a hard time being there. And so a year after my son passed, I quit my job. And, um, and it was after 20 years of being there, it was a really hard decision to do. And I had always joked about leading women, um, teaching backpacking skills and taking women hiking and teaching them what I've learned along the way. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. And, um, I, you know, did my summer hiking that summer. Um, we went to Peru and did the Salkante Pass to Machu Picchu. Uh, we climbed Kilimanjaro, um, did Whitney a few more times, you know, did the North Lake, South Lake loop. And um, I went and got my wilderness first responder um, certificate and then in 2019, I started my business, um, Karen Connection. And the reason why I chose that name is because it has to do with, um, you know, sometimes when the trail is hard to follow, um, you follow the Karens on the trail. And I feel like sometimes when we're dealing with something so dramatic in life, that it's sometimes hard to figure out which path to take and where to go and, and how to navigate, you know, your, your path and your journey. And, um, to top it off, my son's name was Shamar and, um, his uncle, when he was a kid named him Shamrock. And as he grew older, he became rock. And so I was like, I need some kind of like name that deals with rocks <laughs> because, you know, to, to honor my son um, with this process. And so that's where I came up with my business name with Karen Connection and, um, you know, stacking rocks, it takes focus. And um, in Peru and Kilimanjaro, I learned that stacking of rocks is kind of an offering to the gods. Um, so I, I thought it was kind of a neat, neat way. Little did I know that, you know, stacking rocks was going to come back and be a little bit of a negative thing just because they're like, don't stack rocks on the, on the trail, <laughs> you know, like leave no chase. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, you know, but it's just the concept. It's, you know, on Langley they're, they're accepted, right? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, well, sometimes that's the only way you can follow the trail, right? There's no, there's no yeah. dirt or there's no other way to have it. So you need them. So rock art is a no, no. Cairns sometimes are very necessary, and you know, so people don't absolutely, get lost yeah. There's, and there is a difference. Yeah, we've all been on trails where you couldn't follow it if there weren't Cairns to to yeah. navigate. <laughs> so, right. So it's funny. It's curious because I've always noticed, like you know, and I, I can't even fathom that kind of grief, you know. But you know, obviously, like just even normal stress and whatever. Do, do you find it like? Um, I guess one thing that you're sort of forced to process it in a way when you're on a backpacking trip or you're in the wilderness, right? Because there's really nowhere to hide, right? You can't right. hide behind your coffee break. You can't hide behind the annoying customer. You can't hide behind the annoying boss. You know, it's it's there and there's nothing you can really do. Is it, Do you think um, that, that – did that help with your grieving, do you think? Do you think it made it kind of easier? I mean, obviously difficult, but do you think it, it was a better way to go through the grieving process? 
Yes. I think it, you know, sometimes I feel like a right away to the trail um, to escape the reality of life. Um, but I mean, out there there's, you know, you could spend eight hours a day as you're hiking, um, thinking about all of those things. Um, you know, thinking of the, the happy times that I had with my son and all the great memories. And, um, you know, you have to keep going out there. Like sure you could call, you know, for someone to, you know, come get you or, um, exit the trail and you could quit. Um, but I'm not a quitter. And so, you know, each day, like, even though you wake up in the morning and like your Achilles are flared up or maybe your knee hurts or your back hurts or, you know, your shoulders hurt. It's like, you have all these things that are bothering you. Um, maybe you're having a stomach ache or something. It's like, you have to keep going. Like you have to, you have to figure out a way to get to, get to your destination. And, um, again, it it parallels life and it parallels grief and, you know, no matter how hard the journey of grief and, you know, losing my only son, um, you know, and, and I still struggle today. Like I still struggle with the fact, you know, I'm never going to be a grandmother and, um, you know, I'm never going to see my son get married or, um, you know, all the things, you know, having lunch, lunch dates with him and just all those things that I guess the average parent and child get to adult child get to, you know, take advantage of, you know, I, I'm going to miss out on all of that. And so every time I see a post of where someone talking about, you know, their kid and how they get to do something with them, you know, it, it kind of hurts a little bit knowing that I'm not going to be able to do that with my son. Um, but I feel with me helping women, um, my, my business is, is geared towards women who are grieving. Um, like we all deal with life loss at some point in our life. Um, whether it's losing a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a friend, um, you know, some of us go through divorce, some of us, you know, lose ourselves, you know, when our kids go off to college or um, start, you know, their own adult life. And so I cater to these women who are trying to find themselves, they're trying to find their way. And, you know, I take them out hiking and and we talk about things. Sometimes we don't talk about things, but sometimes we talk about the things that um, we talk about the memories, we talk about triggers, we talk about, um, you know, all of, all of the things. And it's, it's nice having someone who understands, who gets you, like you, you don't even have to say anything and we all understand each other. And it's just this very special sisterhood that we have out there and, you're able to kind of feel normal again, um, even though you're grieving and, and you get confidence that you're stronger because you're able to, to climb that mountain and, you know, peak, peak that peak. And, uh, you know, you're able to 
go pack backpacking. I mean, I have women who have never gone backpacking and they're 60 and they're going backpacking for the first time. And um, it's amazing to see women, you know, learn the things and, and go out there and succeed and have a good time. And, and sometimes the hiker amnesia kicks in, you know, where there's a little bit of suffering that goes on on the trail. And then a couple of weeks later, um, they're like, oh, that was so fun. <laughs> and then they want to go again. And uh, I always like laugh. I'm like, don't you remember that time where you were like really cold or, <laughs> or... I, I don't think I don't think any of us would ever hike again if hiking amnesia didn't exist so <laughs> on some level <laughs> yeah it's really true how um you know we share that experience you know we share the ups and downs the climbs and the descents the the blisters and the pains and it sounds like your group you know your um uh, when you take these women out on trips and stuff, you're you're sharing all of those things. So you have a shared experience physically out in the wilderness, but then you also share, you know, emotionally some of those things that we, you know, that we might not get a chance to really do in the day-to-day busyness of our lives. You know, we're not comfortable doing that, or, you know, we don't have enough time to really sit with that and our thoughts around that. And so I think that's really neat that you you have that ability to um, provide that opportunity for women. Right. Yeah, it's, it's so rewarding. And, um, you know, I feel like they're, in a sense, almost my children. Um, you know, I, I take care of them and, um, you know, and I try to take care of a lot of people on the trail. Um, you know, whether I'm out there hiking, I'm always asking people where they're going or, um, you know, what their intent, you know, place of destination that they're going and, and make sure that, you know, people have, you know, proper food and proper water. And, you know, if someone's not looking so great, you know, I try to help them. Um, and then a lot on the, the Facebook pages, I'm always looking for, you know, people asking for help or asking for trail conditions or, or whatnot. And I'm always trying to chime in and trying to help protect people out there on the trail. Um, Cause some people just aren't aware, you know, you need mountaineering gear to go climb, you know, Baldy at this time of year. Um, some people just aren't, aren't aware of, you know, they don't do the research and they don't prepare for their hike. So I try to, I try to look out for people and keep people safe. That, that one in particular, Baldy, I mean, I've been up there where I turned around even with traction and there's people still going up and, you know, in converse, <laughs> you know, with like a, a plastic bottle of water. You're like, Oh no, what are you doing? You know, I mean that, uh, I guess because it's so close to LA, there's like this false sense of security, but yeah. Yeah. People make me nervous all the time and I'm like, ah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm always, I'm always trying to, to help, um, where I can. And, um, I did want to give back to the trail somehow, you know, as doing all these great hikes and, and utilizing all these trail systems. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, I could go do trail maintenance, um, you know, or, you know, I could, get on a search and rescue team. And, um, in, uh, 2020, I searched out the Riverside mountain rescue team and, uh, I ended up on RMRU. Um, so I'm a 
a volunteer with the sheriff's department and uh and so now i'm out uh, really rescuing people you know in my spare time so it's uh, a way to give back to to the community and, and to the trail so like even like say five years before you started you did you first did the six pack of peaks would you ever have imagined that you would be not only like sort of a very experienced backpacker that also teaches other backpackers, but even like a search and rescue, could you even, did you see, did you think that would ever happen? Was that kind of, or was it, is it, would that have been a surprise to you? Yeah, I think, you know, back in 2014, I would have never thought, you know, I, I went from being fearful of going to the bathroom on the side of a trail to um, where I am today to where, you know, I've, now climbed Whitney 11 times and I've done the John Muir trail, um, three times and, you know, in, in sections four times, um, you know, and I never thought I would have climbed Kilimanjaro or, um, you know, done, you know, the Wonderland trail or, um, climbed Mount Hood. I, you know, I would have never thought you know, I would have taken an avalanche course or, you know, leave no trace trainer course or, um, you know, all the things that I've done to, to prepare myself um, for where I am today. I, you know, I would have never thought I would have done done all of that and been where I am right now. So it's, it's kind of a crazy journey, um, you know, and I have to thank my son for for helping me get where I am today. What do you think have been the most empowering parts of this journey for you personally to get you to this point? Cause I know like you're now empowering other women, but what, what are the pieces of this puzzle that sort of built your, your personal confidence and yourself in your journey? That's a good one. Um, I think going out and having the experience and the training um, you know, taking the snow basics class, taking, um, you know, climbing Mount Shasta, climbing Mount Hood. And, um, you know, this year I'm going to hopefully summit, uh, Rainier and, um, just spending the time out on the trail and, and having that fear, like I was afraid to climb Mount Hood last year. Um, cause I had researched the, the shoot and, uh, two weeks before we climbed the mountain, someone had passed away and knowing that information as you're going into a trek, you know, it's pretty daunting and, you know, wondering, you know, do I have the, the skills to do this? Do I have the capabilities of doing it? And then you come out on the other side and you're like, oh, that was kind of easy. <laughs> and, um, you know, and just walking away, you know, each time I do something, I, I walk away with like more and more confidence, um, you know, and it, it always wasn't like that. You know, my first JMT I did, I remember being out there and I was like, why do people do this? <laughs> And I was like, I will never do this again. And, you know, just each day going over a pass and, you know, it was just so, it was like painful and it was a struggle. And, um, and, 
you know, I just, I just remember all those hikes I did where it was like, you know, my husband would drive us home and I'd fall asleep in the car. And, um, and then now I'm the one driving people and I'm the one it's, it feels like the more time goes on, the stronger I feel and the more energy I have to do it, even though as I'm aging, like I turned 50 this year and I'm like, ah, I'm like, can I really do all this stuff? You know, I'm not like this young 20 and 30 year old anymore. And, but it still feels good and I still have the energy to do it. And I still have, you know, my body's still capable of doing it. And, um, you know, just each, each hike I do, just gives me more and more confidence and, and seeing other women succeed, um, gives me more confidence and, you know, I just continue to keep learning and, and growing. And especially with being on uh, search and rescue, I've, you know, learned some rock climbing and I've gone ice climbing and I've gone canyoneering and Zion and, um, you know, I've been hoisted in and out of helicopters. <laughs> so I've done some pretty crazy stuff um, that I never thought I would be doing at this point in my life. So that's, a, I mean, three times on the JMT, that's amazing. Um, what do you think it's so special about the JMT that that's made you want to go back and do it, you know, two more times after, you know, doing it once? Yeah, the JMT has like this special place in my heart. Um, it's one of the most beautiful places. Um, you know, I've done sections of the PCT, I've done the Wonderland Trail, Catalina. You know, I've been to many national parks and the JMT is just, I mean, it is just so beautiful out there. And if you can like hike out there and get out to Thousand Island Lake or experience a sunrise at Garnet Lake, um, you know, McClure Meadows and just sit there and watch the, you know, the, the river run, um, you know, or, or watch a beautiful sunset at Ray Lakes. It's just, there's so much variety out there and it's, it can be harsh. It can be tough, um, you know, going up over a pass every day and, but it's so rewarding and it's like, it's so unique out there. And, um, just knowing that there's a trail like that in California that, that, I mean, it's just. It's just beautiful and amazing. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of tough to beat like like pound for pound or maybe mile for mile, right? Like like there just really isn't anything that's boring or not amazing on it, you know. I mean, I that little stretch out of out of Devil's Post pile that that burned, you know, it's like yeah. you have like five <laughs> miles of that, and then the rest of it is all just so spectacular that, that there's you're never like, you know, there's not even like a day that doesn't you know that you hike through that you're not blown away by something, you know. So, I mean, that is kind of, that's such an impressive, you know, stretch, you know, considering how long it is and everything. Yeah. And even like the burn areas, you know, just seeing like new growth after something so traumatic happens. Um, there's something beautiful about that, you know, that it comes back to life. Right. The regeneration. One of the things I experienced on my second time on the JMT was the familiarity like coming across that, you know, like, oh yeah, this is, I remember this. And it just, it, it looks like 
exactly the same as it did last time almost i mean obviously there's differences for times of you know changes in season and you know the, depending on the snowfall that year and that sort of thing but uh, that was my experience i don't know did you have something a similar experience as you've done it um where you have like favorite places and you're like oh i can't wait you know over this pass we you know there's the most beautiful uh series of waterfalls or that sort of thing yeah there's a lot of favorite places i like to go and camp and um and you know the last time i went out i was like let's go someplace different you know because i feel like i keep going to the same spot so you know like thousand island lake i love thousand island lake so you know trying to find a different part of the trail that i haven't camped at um and then now I want to start exploring, you know, side trails like, you know, I've gone to Adiza Lake and uh, Minaret Lake, um, but, you know, go over like different passes besides Kearsarge Pass or Duck Pass and, you know, go over. I just want to see all the trails out there and see, experience um, everything that the Sierra has to offer. I almost don't want to ruin it, but like Minaret Lake is so amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's already hard to get a permit, so I guess I'm not really ruining it. They, you know, it's but but it's God, is it? It's so, just right off the. You know what? Was it five miles, six miles off the uh, the JMT? You yeah. know, but most people kind of just breeze by it, you know, because they're thinking cheeseburger down in you know down in Devil's <laughs> Post pile. But you know, it, it is such a uh, wow. That is just a spectacular spot, like underneath you know, because you see those minarets from you know if you're a mammoth, you know, you can see those from hundred like hundred miles in every direction. You see those things, but to be like right underneath them at that lake is just so spectacular. Yeah, when we were there, it was really windy, and so. Um... I might have to go back at some point and enjoy it when the temperatures are a little warmer so I can enjoy the lake a little bit more. Um, but yeah, every time you drive up to Mammoth, you always look at the, the minarets and and you think, I camped right underneath there, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just special up there. And, you know, it takes hard work to get out there. Like you have to be prepared and you have to, know where you're going and what you're doing um and you gotta be strong you gotta you gotta train to get out there and deal with the altitude and um just the miles and and yeah it's special well well to quote some idiot in that my mile and a half movie you brought up earlier you have to earn that place you know yes so yeah <laughs> yes, you do. That, that idiot being uh, somebody named Jason, perhaps. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. How bad? It, how bad? It, how bad is it to quote yourself? That's pretty awful. Yeah, so I apologize. <laughs> I'm going to cut that um, out. I'm going to cut that out. The uh, uh, no, we keep that in definitely. The um, uh, one of the things I like is I, I track most of my hikes using Gaia GPS and. The thing that is kind of fun for me is I look at like the map of the Sierra Nevada mountains and see all of the trails that I've followed, you know, throughout the years. And, you know, it starts to look like a, you know, I'm trying to fill out the spider web, basically. <laughs> uh, do you? It's really neat to be able to see kind of like where you where you've been and uh, where you haven't been and look for those gaps and, and go fill them. So. Uh, hats off to you for looking at those side trails. I think that's there's a lot of joy in those places that are yet to be experienced. Yeah. That 
Beth, you talked about sort of, you know, getting off the path and all the preparation that goes in this, into these trips. What is sort of your process for when you're going to a new place or someplace you haven't been before to do the research and um, make get yourself to a point where you feel prepared to take the trip? Um, when I'm going to someplace new, you know, I, I do quite a bit of research. I, I'll look online, um, you know, you know, for something, something like the Wonderland trail, you know, I would, I would do a search for Wonderland and then, um, YouTube is another great place to go. There's a lot of people with YouTube videos and, and you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's, could be people that don't know a hundred percent of what they're doing. Um, but you know, trying to get some information about going, um, and then, you know, going to the, the local, um, forest service, uh, website to research there as well. There's a lot of great information and, you know, getting permits and, um, you know, where you can camp and where you can't camp and can you have fires and, um, you know, um, water, you know, where you can get water. And then I use, um, applications like far out, um, that's really handy or gut hooks. Um, and then Facebook is another great resource. Um, I'm in a bunch of different groups on Facebook. And so if you just do a search, you can get a lot of information there as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's a ton of information out there. You just have to do, do the work to get the information and figure out what the weather is gonna be and what kind of gear you're gonna need and, um, and whatnot. Um, you know, like this year, I'm I'm heading out to do Rainier, and then uh, heading in July to do the Colorado Trail, mm. and then in December we're heading to uh, Nepal um, to do Everest Base Camp. So um, busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't sit around much. I. I'm constantly on the go. I'm either hiking, planning a hike, training about a hike, or uh, um, you know, doing search and rescue training, or trying to spend time with my husband and um, you know, spend time with family and and whatnot. So yeah, I keep very very busy. <laughs> well, you mentioned campfires. I, I kind of feel like the answer is just no now. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm I'm I was lucky enough to start backpacking and have a good decade and a half of. In the, in the in the campfire era where you could have campfires in a lot of places now i just feel like it's like no like entire yeah. the whole western us is shut off now it feels like for like you know four three four or five months of the year you know to that which is a shame but obviously necessary considering you know the fire how bad the fires have gotten out here yeah i'm almost in a panic of you know one of my goals is to hike the pct is in an in its entirety one year. And, um, I, I worry about, you know, with all the fires happening and it just seems like it's getting worse, you know, is there going to be trails to hike on, you know, or open trails to hike on. And so I, I feel like I need to go do this now. Cause in 10 years from now, like what, what are things going to look like then? Um, so yeah, as far as having fires out there, you know, less fires just because it's so dry and, you know, with the um, water shortage that we're having to 
to, yeah, not even go there with that. Well, and then the air quality, obviously, I mean, if you've hiked, you know, you know, when the, when you're close to those, those campfires, you know, it's obviously takes a lot of the fun out of it. It's obviously not healthy in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. It's scary when you're out on the trail and you're like, okay, there's smoke up in the sky and then you have to message someone you're like, okay, where's the fire at? You know, do I need to, you know, turn around and go the other way and trying to figure out, you know, an exit point if you need to. And, you know, if air quality gets bad to get off the trail, just cause it's not good for the lungs and, um, just trying to say, stay safe out there. I'm actually threatening to do the Colorado trail at some time in the next few years as well. I'm actually doing, finishing up a documentary on that now. So that's kind of, a. um, so I've been looking at all the stuff you're going to walk through this summer and it's, it looks quite, quite lovely. So <laughs> I'm excited for you <laughs> that you're getting to do it. Yeah, it should be, should be fun. And, um, awesome my husband's gonna join me the first like 100 miles and then um i'm gonna go the rest of it with a group of girlfriends so cool should be fun yeah how long how long are you taking to do it um we're shooting for six weeks is Mm -hmm. kind of our tentative plan right now but we'll see i'm like we'll see once we get out there we're gonna start off kind of slow and then build up to like 15 mile days yeah, it's a long one, right? I mean, it's twice, almost twice the the JMT, so it's, uh, you know, that's 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 a lot. And the JMT, as we all know, is, is a lot. So <laughs> that's a uh, that's a lot. Will this be the longest you've done, or or have some of your Pacific Crest Trail stretches been longer? Uh, no, this will be the longest because it's almost 500 miles. So um, until I do the PCT, this will be well, this will be the longest. So Je- Jeff and I were threatening to do that this year, but. Uh, I think we realized that that wasn't, you know, wasn't going to happen for us. So sadly, we're it's yeah, yeah, it, it's it's tough to do something like a long trail like the PCT, where you're away for five months of the year. I mean, that's that's a huge yeah chunk. You know, that's like a that's a year of your life essentially, because you know it's not just the the time on the trail, but it's the the time you know, preparing and, and, and then you're away from people and all of that. So I don't know. It's a, that's a, I, I, it's something I might want to do again still someday, yeah. but um, it's just, this year wasn't the year. We kind of both decided after we tried to do Rainier and other, but you're doing so much, you know, <laughs> when we, when we didn't do Rainier last year on the way down, we both kind of agreed like, yeah, I just, I don't think it's going to happen next year. You know, <laughs> hopefully I, I'd love to do it in the future at some point too. I just, you know, obviously, career and job and just there's no economic way i could make it work yeah yeah so speaking of, of career you've made that transition you know five or six years ago you couldn't imagine yourself where you are today where do you imagine yourself being five six years from now um in five to six years i'm hoping i'm still leading you know women on trips um i'm doing not only backpacking trips but i'm incorporating grief getaways as well. Um, next month I'm going out to Idlewild to do a grief retreat and, you know, do some hiking, but then have those moments where we talk about grief and what's helped us and what, you know, what things we've had to deal with. So yeah, I just, with COVID, it, COVID kind of made things you know, difficult with starting a business, you know, I had started my business in September and then the following March COVID hit and it was hard starting a business when don't have group activities and then the trails closed because people were, you know, running off to the trails. And then after the trails opened up, then we had fires 
And so I feel like I'm kind of starting back up my business now. Um, you know, I try to do a, a major event a month, um, whether it's going to Yosemite or going to um, a grief retreat or doing like a backpacking trip and then also doing um, education, educating people on leave no trace, um, what to take when you go out hiking with the 10 essentials and just continue to educate um, the public on hiking and doing the research, figuring out the conditions of the trails, how to get there, do you need permits, do you need certain gear to hike the particular trail, and um, having the equipment that if something goes wrong that you're prepared to stay overnight outdoors if you need to. That's something we've talked about on the podcast before, but you know, I think one of the things that um, is easy to miss in this day of social media, you know, people see those beautiful Instagram friendly photos of, you know, Adiza Lake or whatever. And they think, oh, I wanted to go, I want to, I want to have that experience too. And not necessarily having the knowledge or the, the equipment or the experience or the physical training to do that, not only successfully, but safely. And so I think that, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a constant challenge. And I think that the, um, uh, the, the role that you're filling with training people and helping educate is going to be an important one on an ongoing basis because there's always people who are new to the outdoors. And I don't think we'll ever reach a point where it's like everybody knows all the answers already and we know what how to find out if fires are allowed and how much water I need to carry and how to, how to do things safely. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just constantly trying to educate people with with the trails and safety and and how to be prepared when you look at like a jmt it's hard because you go through like uh, i know this from the the trying to get a film permit after you go through like 10 different jurisdictions at least 10 different jurisdictions you know it's like and everyone is different you know you have national park national monument national forest national you know wilderness you have <laughs> you know and then different ones that all have different rules from the other ones i mean it, it, it's such a hard uh it can be very hard to navigate you know yeah yeah definitely do, do you have a favorite place on the jmt um i would say my favorite places on the jmt i really like thousand island lake i think i mentioned that and um mount whitney um is pretty special to me just because that's where it all started mm -hmm. and um you know i've been up there 11 times now so i'll probably continue to to hike it um many more times in the future <laughs> if i can so um but i mean it's all it's hard to pinpoint just certain places because i think it's all pretty special out there sure and then of course because it's the mountains the, the conditions change every time you know can change so drastically from time to time so having done whitney 11 times what's your favorite approach oh mm. <laughs> my favorite approach well the one approach i haven't done yet is the mountaineers route so i was um hoping to do that this year for my 50th birthday so we'll see if that happens um my favorite approach I mean, they're all, they're all great. I mean, I've came from the South, you know, Cottonwood Lakes, Cottonwood Pass. I've came from um, Sequoia along the High Sierra route or High Sierra Trail. And then um, 
I've came from Kearsarge. I think the one that prepares you the most is by approaching it with the John Muir Trail. Because <laughs> after you hike that many miles, I remember the, the second time I climbed up Whitney, I felt like running up to the top because I was so conditioned from all the passes that I had gone over. And it was so easy compared to the first time I had climbed it. And uh, so, yeah, having, you know, three weeks of backpacking underneath your belt, it, it really helps you with uh, acclimation and mm-hmm. and not really feeling 14,000 feet. <laughs> and that belt is a lot looser than it is, you know, maybe if you're just doing it in a day and have been living and eating normal food for three weeks. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have you done the JMT northbound or, or, or do you only do it southbound? Um, no, I've done northbound mm-hmm. and I've done southbound. So, yeah. Which is better? <laughs> um, I think going south has better camp spots to get over the passes. But I, I do like going north just because the sun is on your back. And I don't know, it's all downhill if you go north. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, once you once you climb Whitney, it's all downhill, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you know, I've been following your adventures online for some time, and uh, I, I'm really glad that we had a chance to have this conversation and get to know you a little bit better. Um, if people are interested in finding you online or um, the the Karen Connection, where can they go? And we'll add these to the show notes. But uh, where, where can we find you? So I am on Instagram, my own personal Instagram is uh, JMT girl. And then I am also on Instagram as uh, Karen connection. And also on Facebook, um, I have Karen connection group um, and Karen connection page. And then I also have a website of Karen connection. Great. Well, we'll add all those links to the show notes and uh, make sure that we can People who are interested in finding out more about that or, or your, the events that you do or learning to backpack or the, the grief workshops that you, grieving workshops that you hold um, can find those through the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Beth. It was awesome talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Well, well all yeah, I did for you. about five, six years was talk about the JMT, and now it's been like five, six years where I haven't talked about it at all, so it was kind of fun to... It's kind of fun to talk <laughs> about. Yeah, it's kind of fun to talk about again. <laughs> it's kind of fun to talk about again after, you know, like... like uh... <laughs> yeah. You can't, can't talk too much about the JMT. It's, it's an amazing trail. Well, that's going to do it for us. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. You can find Severia at adventure us women. That's adventure us women, Jeff at the SoCal hiker or me at the mirror project. Our title track almost there is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more about this episode and all of our others, make sure to check out the show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On the next episode, we talk to surf filmmaker Jason Boffa. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.